Hello there, everyone. Welcome to Digital Nomad Mastery, the podcast and the video cast where we teach you how to make money while traveling the world. And speaking of traveling the world, we're actually here in beautiful San Juan del Sur in southern Nicaragua, right along the ocean front. And first, it's nighttime now, so you can't actually see the beautiful Pacific Ocean right behind me. But you can see the main uh, kind of the city drag with all the restaurants and pubs and bars. So we're having an absolutely phenomenal time here in San Juan del Sur. We just actually climbed up to the top of the Christ statue and you could overlook the whole uh, the beach. And uh, make sure you check out our blog, daddyblogger.com, for a lot of pictures, videos, blog posts. And uh, uh, we, uh, we document here and try to trip here through South and Central America. And as we're traveling, we actually love interviewing fellow digital nomads, fellow world travelers. And we have an awesome one on the show today. Her name is Rebecca Georgia, and uh, she's actually the communications director for Outsight. Uh, so we're going to be finding out all about Rebecca's own digital nomad journey. Uh, she's actually been in the travel industry uh, with a whole bunch of different organizations for quite a while now. So she has an amazing story, and we're going to unravel that on the show today. And she's joining us uh, live from Bali, Indonesia today. Uh, so Rebecca, how are you doing over there in beautiful Bali today? I'm very well. It's a good place to be. Bali is uh, definitely one of the major digital nomad hotspots in the world. Uh, I would say Bali, Chiang Mai, probably Medellin are the top three. So uh, it's very appropriate that you're over there. And we're going to find out about why you're there uh, in a few minutes. But uh, before we do that, why don't we get to know you a little bit better, Rebecca, if you want to do an introduction and share a little bit more about yourself. Yeah, so as you can probably tell from England, um, actually Manchester, I've been traveling now for about three or four years. I first moved away from home when I was about 18, just over to Northern Ireland, and absolutely loved traveling. So applied for a study abroad, and then it just kind of kept going from there. Um, at the moment, as you mentioned, Ricky, I'm head of community for Outsight, and Outsight is a co-living company. So I'm very much like in the midst of digital nomadism, I guess. Sounds awesome. And we're going to be uh, doing a deeper dive into Outsight. Uh, but before we do that, uh, let's get to know about your own travel journey. Uh, you've actually been in the travel industry for several years now. Walk us through uh, the foundation. When did you first start your travel journeys, and uh, especially your travel and work hybrids? Yeah, definitely. So, as I mentioned, when I got the chance to move over, it was about um, 1920. I, you know, jumped at the chance because they said, you know, you can study from the beach, it'll be fine. And so I actually ended up in Newcastle, Australia, where the universe slightly set back from the beach. So that was, that was kind of my first lesson in travel. I leave what they say on high. Um, but yeah, so when I was there, I was studying communications, started applying for these jobs back in the UK for when I However, a lot of the companies said, and one in particular said, well, you've got a you know, great CV, it's applicable, but you're in Australia and we can't really take you on like that. Um, however, we have some creative writing roles in Australia and New Zealand if you'd like to get involved with that. And I said, yes, of course, because it meant I got to stay in Australia for a while. And yeah, then I kind of got started with freelance writing. I'd already done an internship with a social media marketing agency. So I went back to them and started working for them for a longer time. And I kind of got a little tired of it, so I moved back to the UK. Worked in London for a while for Condé Nast Traveller, which is the Traveller's American version as well. And, you know, I did that for a while, but again, the same 
thing kind of started happening. I was dance work on the side and I kind of realized I was like, I'm doing all these hours in these full-time jobs and I was learning a lot. So I really loved it for that, but I'm kind of crazy. There's no work-life balance here and I've seen people do this. I had met them on like jaunts to Bali, Thailand. Like I was like, okay, if other people are doing this, I can definitely do it. So I kind of quit full-time employment in, I think it was just 16. Um, sorry, am I going on a bit long? I feel like I'm really keep telling going. a story. I love to uh, hear your story, so keep going. Uh, no rush in my end. Yeah, yeah. And 2015, I quit properly. And at the same time, I had been chatting to who was to become a co-founder on Twitter of Nomad House. And just going to be, hey, um, would you help out with social media and marketing? And I was like, of course I would, because I really believed in the values. So no problem with it straight out of university. Um, and yeah, I continued working on that for about four months until I went to Bali again for the second time. I'd already been living in Australia. And I was like, oh, I love it. And that was 2015. So 2016, I actually met my co-founder for the first time in April. And we hosted one of our first retreat in Bali for Nomad House and yeah that's kind of where the co-living co-working element of my work really started um after that we just kind of grew and grew held more retreats and to last year as well and then after that um I kind of joined by as their head of community so yeah, and just very much into the whole colon thing. I find it really, I guess, fun coming from the kind of background where there was no support for no medicine. It's been really helpful and inspiring to actually be around people who are doing the same thing, making you feel normal, you know, because it's, you know, you can see where you are right now. You're in a restaurant or bar somewhere in Nicaragua and perhaps people find it quite strange that you're recording a podcast. <laughs> Whereas, in these spaces, you feel a bit more like the normal human rather than the weird one for having a laptop in the hospital. Like, yes, uh, you know when you're a digital nomad, you pretty much work wherever you can. Uh, I was trying to do my uh, podcast uh, in the lobby of a hotel, but the Wi-Fi was terrible, so I tried over here, and then finally we got good Wi-Fi. So even though there's a little bit of noise in the background, but at least we can do the the interview. So. The hardest, one of the hardest things about being a digital nomad, as you probably know, is having the stable, consistent Wi-Fi, and you know that's why it's good to work out of a place like outside because obviously yeah. there you can have the stable internet connection that you need. Uh, but tell us about the retreats. Uh, so you've been involved with the retreat industry uh, for several years now. Uh, tell us about uh, some of the retreats you did and uh, what were those retreats about, and uh, maybe some of the learnings you learned from uh, being involved with that. This one was really, really kind of, um, it was just really exciting and interesting because it was the first one that I'd been on as a co-founder as well. I became co-founder after that. And it was so interesting to get these around the world. We had people from um, Canada, Thailand, and to get all these people together. So I was, and have them and friends over the course of a few weeks. That is really amazing to see. And then to know that you're a part of it as well, that's just 
kind of a great feeling. And so that really motivates you to do more of the retreats and get further involved with it. And so after that, we hosted a few in Europe. I think the next Budapest, Hungary. And that one was, again, brilliant, amazing set of people we got on board. And during these retreats, we'll have people who are like, there's a huge mix. Some jump, but obviously they're remote. Some people are brand new to it and they're just, you know, trying to get and understand it better, meet more people and feel more comfortable around it. Uh, kind of the entrepreneurial types who are trying to create a project or a business and they need a productive setting. And so that's why they try and seek out a co-working retreat because they know they can get that influence and not only kind of contacts and people around them when they're in that stage. Sounds great. That sounds great. And uh, your latest uh, project that you're involved with is uh, Communications Director of Outside. Uh, firstly, uh, walk us through what is Outside. You, you alluded to a little bit earlier. And tell us about the name as well. It's a creative name. And then uh, yeah. maybe you can uh, do a deeper dive into your personal involvement there. Yeah. So um, this is what you'll find on the website. It's a global network of co-living spaces. Most of our co-living spaces are based on the coast of California. So we've got Santa Cruz, San Diego, Venice Beach. There's also a Tahoe one. Most of our locations are based around the fact that they're in beautiful places. And, you know, within a 10 minute walk, you'll be on a beach or a mountain, you know, somewhere to really get outside and make the most of the fact that you have flexible working hours and you can be outside when you want to. And so our locations out, the, out of the US are, well, I guess inside there's Hawaii, and Costa Rica, and then of course, the latest one will be outside Bali, which I'm now opening ready for March. And then later on this year, we'll actually be opening location in Lisbon, which will be our first European one, which is great. I'm very excited for that one. And yeah, like my involvement with it, I first actually visited outside January 2016, and that was in Costa Rica. And I kind of knew, like, there's such, a difference when you work into a space, walk into a space and it's you know perfectly kind of designed for what you do and there was that amazing feeling of like oh, I feel so comfortable and at home <laughs> and so yeah I've now been working member as the head of community so I look after our members we actually have a membership program it means that you get great discounts across all co-living spaces and you get kind of exclusive events. Obviously, we have a kind of big, ever-growing Slack channel now as well. So that's another element I manage, but I also manage the marketing and social media side too. Awesome. Uh, so if someone wanted to uh, try out uh, outside, uh, tell us about how, uh, what are the options? Uh, can they just do the co-working or do they have to do the co-working and uh, co-staying? Uh, walk us through the different options for people to actually work and stay there. Well, I think the best option is to, so we have flexible booking, which is really helpful. You can actually book just for one night. And so that means you've got full access to that space. And you can meet the type of people are there, who are there as well. You can get a feel for it and really understand it. For co-working day passes, they're around $25 a day. but and don't quote me on that and yeah you can book for as little as a day or as long as i think you know a few months um 
So it really depends what level you're at and what you're looking for. Awesome, and uh, tell us a little bit about the project you're working on now in Bali. You, you mentioned uh, you're gonna be uh, helping open one up. Uh, tell us about how far are you along. I know you just got there, but uh, uh, what's the vision uh, for the one location in Bali? Yeah, so I arrived a few days ago. It's actually in Changu, which is the neighborhood that I've come back to every single time that I've been to Bali. So when we're opening, I was like, yeah, I don't mind, I'll go out there. Um, it's a really nice neighborhood. It means that you've got these cafes, bars, restaurants on your doorstep. There's like an amazing surf beach. It's also got spa that's small enough for beginners. So if you're just starting, there's kind of options for you as well. Um, obviously it's Bali, so it's not a huge island. If you just go to Ubud, it takes around an hour, definitely more if you're dealing with Bali traffic. Um, but what that means is you can go and hike up a volcano. You can go to these natural hot springs. There's all these amazing kind of things outdoors that you can go and visit. And so that's why we chose to open a location here. It's a huge digital nomad hotspot. There's amazing kind of outdoor activities and the Wi-Fi connection is great as well, which definitely helps. And so we'll be launching March the 1st. And we're actually, I think we're fully booked for the first month, which is, yeah, it's like awesome. It's going to be kind of busy. Um, we're going to have some fun events on as well. That will be my role here. So each of our houses has a community manager. And that's to make sure, you know, everyone's feeling good. There are fun events on. They kind of look after our guests. And so that's what I'll be doing out here. Sounds amazing. Sounds amazing. Uh, definitely living the dream over there, uh, working and traveling while you're in Bali. Uh, so roughly, how long are you going to be involved uh, with uh, doing the management uh, before you head over to Europe or some other far distant land to start the next one? Well, I'll be, you know, practicing my digital nomadism soon enough. Um, I'm here for two months and I'll actually be heading out to Australia for a bit of a road trip from Sydney. And then after that, who knows, I haven't really planned beyond two months ahead. <laughs> like, it's a very typical digital nomad story where you kind of uh, don't even know sometimes where next week or next uh, two weeks or next month also. Uh, that's kind of one of the, the beauties of this lifestyle is you have the freedom and flexibility to move locations. And uh, if you like a place, stay longer. And if you don't, move on to the next one. Uh, so uh, Rebecca, maybe you can give some tips and advice about uh, people who want to get involved with the whole digital nomad lifestyle because you've been at this for uh, several years now and uh, you've worked in uh, several different companies and projects and uh, you've seen both the highs and the lows. Uh, what advice or tips would you give to uh, our viewers or listeners who want to get into the digital nomad lifestyle maybe for the first time? Yeah, so I see that question asked so much, especially on you know Facebook groups. I'm sure you're a member of them as well. One of the first things people say is, oh, you know, you just go and find a remote job. It'll be easy. But I it doesn't, I'm not going to say annoy, but you wouldn't just go and choose it. Well, maybe you would just go and choose a job just because it makes you money and maybe that. But I think to, you need to be doing something that you really love. So if you don't absolutely love coding, then I would probably not recommend to go and get yourself into a coding course. Um, find something that you absolutely love doing and of course makes you money so you can do it long term as well and start from there. If you've already got that remote job, then perhaps it's 
you know, practicing it within your own country first, just because, you know, if you're mixing in your first trip abroad, perhaps with your first time remote working as well, it's not easy to balance at all. We've talked, well, I've talked to a lot of different people and um, in particular in like places like this, co-living spaces, they all try in the US. I met someone from, I think it was uh, Washington. And so to kind of practice that, they've come over to California. And obviously you don't have a different language there. You kind of know how it works. You understand the roads, the signs. Um, that makes it a lot easier because perhaps if you're going from Washington to, you know, Colombia, Nicaragua, uh, you know, out here to Bali or Thailand, then there's going to be a huge culture shock. And that will make it more difficult, even though you can't perhaps see it when you set off, you're like, oh, it'll be fine. I'll just, you know, settle into my Airbnb. There'll be no problem. But I think quite a difference when you're out here and perhaps if you're isolated as well, you don't realize how much you do sometimes rely on being able to speak the native language of the country, how much you do rely on understanding how everything works. So for example, here, if, the Wi-Fi does break, who do you speak to? Um, and can you speak that language? And so there's all those little things that come into play. And that's why it can be quite difficult when you first start out. But once you've made that initial trip and you've gone through, yeah. Great, great insights, great insights. Uh, one of the other questions people have is, should they you know, do the whole entrepreneurship uh, route and uh, start their own business and build their own brand or become a travel blogger? Or should they do something uh, safer where they're with the company and they're getting that stable, secure, consistent income? Uh, any thoughts that you want to put in your two cents on which uh, which of the two are maybe doing both? Yeah, it totally depends on the personality, doesn't it? Because I think you really do have to know that yourself. So if you're at home and you're already wanting to start these small businesses or if you're really happy in the job that you're in and perhaps it's just not remote yet, then that kind of says something about you like go for what makes you happy what makes you most productive if you get completely turned off by the idea of you know all this kind of tech entrepreneurship type thing then feel okay with that don't be kind of pressured into doing one of these you know well-known digital nomad jobs because it's seen as the kind of thing to do to get you into remote work um from what i've seen around there's a huge mix People really do do all sorts of different things. And again, it goes back to the idea of it's all normal when you're in kind of the nomad sphere because no one is doing like the majority of people do diversify their income with a number of different things. So perhaps they've got a few freelance jobs, perhaps they've also got a blog, perhaps they sell photography. Like I'll go into a little of what I do. I still do my freelance writing on the side and I also do some drone photography of which I've managed to sell a few photos. So that's, again, it's another example of, I think, go for what comes naturally. Like. Yes. Yeah, I definitely hear that on our show, uh, the whole multiple streams of income. One of our guests called it patchwork income where there's a whole bunch of different income streams coming together might be a few hundred a few hundred a few hundred but then you have your two thousand or a few thousand that's enough for a place like bali or central america or south america or uh you know some yeah. world um so uh, tell us also about uh, how is it like to be a female digital nomad as opposed to a couple or family or male uh, tell us about the unique 
you know, aspects of solo female travel as a digital nomad? Well, I guess there are kind of the obvious ones. You're naturally more anxious about visiting places that perhaps don't have a female-friendly culture. I was definitely worried about that going to South America because the stereotype is that they're not usually female-friendly. It's just a male-centered culture in general. And then when you find those sorts of cultures, it can be a little uncomfortable to be female in that context, I guess, just because, you know, you don't, no one feels comfortable getting catcalled on the street. That said, that happens in London, it happens in America, it happens everywhere. So that's, I guess, something to note going in. Um, well, I guess it also changes the way that I look for accommodation. So especially if I'm looking through Airbnb, I will pretty much always make sure to check out the host and say, okay, like, what are they like? What are they into? Um, definitely quite aware of that. And the other thing is researching neighborhoods. But again, this kind of applies to all travel. It's just common sense of understanding, okay, if there's a high level of crime here, perhaps you're not going to feel 100% safe walking down the street when it's dark at night. Again, yeah, it's usually like common sense principles. If I wouldn't walk down the street at night alone in Manchester, why would I be doing that in Bali or wherever else? <laughs> Yeah, totally, totally agree, totally agree. Some uh, great tips there, Rebecca. Uh, so uh, maybe uh, you can uh, share with us how people can connect with you and also uh, with uh, Outside. Uh, you've been uh, definitely a great wealth of info and expertise, and I'm sure a lot of people maybe want to pick your brain a little bit more uh, on a personal level, but also on a company level, they might be interested in doing uh, one of the work, co-working, uh, and co-staying places around the world. How can they connect? Yeah, definitely. So. Um Honestly, I think Instagram is the best place to get in touch. It's where I am definitely most days. So my handle is Rebecca.Georgia. We can probably link it in the show notes for this. Um, but yeah, if you just search Rebecca Georgia, it should come up. And then for Outsight, our Instagram handle is Outsight Co. And you can find us across all social media platforms, uh, Facebook and Twitter. And then if you'd like to find out more about our different locations, if you go to Outsight.co, um, that's where you'll find more information. And we also host groups and retreats. So if you're a company looking to get involved, yeah, that's another kind of string to our bow. Awesome, and uh, yeah, I will have those links below so uh, people can click right through and uh, you know uh, connect with you, Rebecca, but also with uh, Outside. So thanks again for your time from uh, over there in beautiful Bali, Indonesia today. Thank you for your time as well. Thank you for having me. No worries. That's uh, always a pleasure and a joy to, to connect with uh, fellow digital nomads. Apologies if there was some uh, poor Wi-Fi there, everyone who's watching, listening here. Uh, but thanks for uh, tuning in to our episode here, and uh, make sure you connect with Rebecca. Make sure you connect with us as well as we travel around Central America here at uh, daddyblogger.com. Uh, so thanks for tuning in to our Digital Nomad Mastery podcast and videocast, where we teach you how to make money while traveling the world. Happy travels.